Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, it's Chelsea, and I'm here today with Ryan and Lexi Crater, and we are walking through more of Jeremiah. Um, Lexi, could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do here at Worship Center? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, so I'm Lexi. And <laughs> Hi, Lexi. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a digital communication specialist here. I work with Chelsea. She's my boss. <laughs> oh, so you Woo! had to be here. You had to do this. She there was, was no option given. She was given. coerced. <laughs> I was not, in fact, forced to be here. It was an honor. Um, yeah, so I work with digital media um, with all communication stuff kind of just whatever is needed. Yeah. If you ever see a caption that you really love on Instagram or Facebook, Lexi wrote it. Yep. That is true. <laughs> so I hope you like them. <laughs> now you have to like them. Caption writing is hard. It is. It yes. Is, yes. <laughs> All right. So we are in Jeremiah. What stuck out to you guys today? Well, for me, um, as I was reading this, you see a lot of, in the beginning, God's talking to Jeremiah and he's like, basically... Don't get married to anyone here. Don't celebrate with anyone here. Don't mourn with anyone here. Basically, don't be a normal human being. <laughs> it's pretty much Jeremiah's whole call. <laughs> don't be <Seems> – simple. <laughs> don't, like, conform to society in any way, whether it's good or bad. <laughs> Just follow my – what I'm saying to you. And basically, God's saying, like, they're going through judgment. Like, they have to be put through judgment right now. And the only way that – I'm ever going to be able to return them back to me is by putting them through judgment. And it's just a concept that's really hard to grasp because now as Christians, we don't, this is not a normal for us. We don't deal with God's judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, But people look at the Old Testament and they're like, God's so much different in the Old Testament. Um, But he's not. God is always the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, We're still the same. Sin is still the same. Nothing has changed. The only thing that's changed is that we're covered by the blood of Jesus mm-hmm. in the New Testament. Um, but in the Old Testament, in order to get people's hearts towards God was in order to was to put them through the judgment. And it's important for us to see that too, because this is really what we deserve hmm. in our sin. Um, we're no better than these people. We do in our own context, we do the same things. We have idols that we worship. We do all these things. And so God is telling Jeremiah, let them go through judgment and just keep following me, keep communicating all these things. Um, and it ties to the prodigal son, which everyone knows the prodigal son. And like he had to go through this, you know, he had to walk away and experience like all of this like pain and hurt in order to come back and to have this heart of humility too. And say mm-hmm. like, like the prodigal son says, like, I will be one of your servants, like to his father. And that's that's ultimately like where these uh, the Israelites come back to is, mm-hmm. you know, like this heart of humility. But they have to go through judgment first. And um, it gives you a peace because now, too, in like we we pray for people in our lives that are not saved and we see them go through this path of destruction from sin. And it's really hard to watch when we have loved ones, especially um, that are just on a pattern of sin after sin. And it's just leading them down this black hole. But 
that's where God has them. And he's going to draw them back. But they sometimes they have to be, you know, down in the pit and be like right at the breaking point. And sometimes it's really terrifying, but that's where there are hearts of humility. And that's where they get transformed. And yeah, I don't know. I just yeah. thought that was a really cool parallel. Yeah, those are great thoughts. And you kind of touched on something that we, we've talked about before, but God giving them over to their sin because, mm-hmm. because they want it so badly. The phrase, your stubborn evil desires appears over and over again in this book of Jeremiah. Um, and finally, God's just like, if this is what you want, then this is what I'll give mm-hmm. you. You can worship idols as long as you want. Yeah, I think it says day and night. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just, you can have it. And then they'll realize um, how incredible God's blessing is for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just one last thought off of that. Like in Jeremiah sixteen twenty one, it says, the Lord says now – like when they come back, um, the Lord says, now I will show them my power. Now I will show them my might. And at last they will know and understand that I am the Lord, mm-hmm. that his purpose is always good. Yeah. So that's oh. just really cool to see God's yeah. heart. What about you, Ryan? Um, well, I, on that note, like just building off of what Lexi is saying, I, one of the interesting things that continues, I, I would say like something I'm thinking about often as we go through this God's whole story thing is that this this idea of God's judgment and it is like okay what does that what does that mean about God like is God actively is God actively creating widows and orphans and like like is is God this powerful oppressor um and I think there's there's certainly passages where it seems like that is definitely the case but there's also passages like this Jeremiah 16 um, let's see, starting in verse five, this is what the Lord says. Do not go to funerals. This is kind of what Lexi was talking about. Do not go to funerals and mourn and show sympathy for these people. For I have removed my protection and peace from them. I have taken away my unfailing love and mercy. Both the great and lowly will die in this land. So here God seems to be saying like, God is very powerful, but in his power, he protects his people. So he's not a powerful oppressor. He's actually a very powerful protector. And when he decides to step back and leave or remove his protection, right? They're not, they're not covered by his covenant because they're not obeying his covenant. So as people break his contract, they actually come under the judgment of just the world at that time. Mm-hmm. So the, it's not unique to Israel. This is like mm-hmm. a very bloody period in history where there are warring parties. There's like really a strong lack of respect for life, particularly life outside of like your clan and your culture. Um, so is it that God is raising up armies to kill people or is it that God is just backing away and allowing that to overtake the people that were supposed to be loving him? It, and there, I think there's, there's a tension there and it's not something that I'm prescribing like this is how you should see God. It's just like, man, that's something that I notice mm. that God seems to pronounce judgment, but also talk about his judgment in terms of him stepping away. Yeah. And so sometimes we get frustrated with God because he seems judgmental. He seems violent, but maybe he's actually just, I mean, ultimately it is the people that hold the responsibility. They're the ones that are not underneath the covenant anymore. And so they expose themselves to danger. And so maybe actually what's most dangerous is just not following God and seeing him as your protector. Yeah. I mean, he talks about in, in Jeremiah 17 verse four, he talks about the wonderful possession I have reserved for you. Yeah. So he has like these good things in store for them. Um, But yeah, like you said, when he steps away, that's when those things fall away from Israel. Like the most dangerous place we can be is outside of God's presence. Mm, So good. 
Definitely. What else? Uh, you want to talk some about the Psalms, I think. Oh, um, yeah. So there's a definitely a call back to Psalm 1 in Jeremiah 17. They are like trees planted along a riverbank, people who trust in the Lord and make the Lord their hope and confidence. I Help me out. I want to say the verse about the heart is in Psalm somewhere, <laughs> too. But maybe I'm just making that up. In verse 9, it says, The human heart is most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Um, it might not be in Psalms. It seems familiar to me, though. Um, but I just thought... I mean, that's such a, a good reminder because I think you can hear that message in many different places of just, hey, like do what your heart's telling you to do, follow your heart, all those things. And it could even come from Christian circles. Um, but the truth of the Bible, it says it here and it says it in other places, is that our heart cannot be trusted. Um, the only thing that can be trusted is the Lord. The Lord um, directs our steps and he is sovereign. <laughs> the human heart is not. <laughs> And when it comes down to it, we have this sin nature that um, we will always fall back to if left to our own devices. Don't follow your heart. Follow God. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly. Okay. The most exciting part of this passage to me. Can I get there? Yes, Yes. please. Okay. So we have a situation where we have some Amish people (laughs) that show up. (laughs) <laughs> the Amish people in these terms are actually known as Rechabites or Rechabites, however you want to say it, R-E-C-A-B-I-T-E-S. I wonder if the people outside of Lancaster that are listeners. I think people know about Amish people. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> they don't yeah. have quite the obsession with Amish people that we do, though. I mean, I... <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, I have lots of Amish in my background, so I think I'm allowed to talk about them more. Zero. Maybe. Um, (laughs) so this is, this is actually interesting because I think the nuance of this passage is kind of important. First of all, um, so we're talking specifically Jeremiah 35, uh, God says, Hey, go and find the Rechabites and bring them into the temple and serve them. Like, does it say to serve them wine? Yeah. Yeah. It's like trying to tempt them. It's like a, like a weird test sort of. Yeah. Um, and so what we find in this passage is that the Rechabites are kind of this old school, old order sect of people. Um, I don't know how to describe them not in Amish terms, <laughs> um, but they're like an ultra conservative group that they refuse to build houses. They refuse to drink wine. Um, they're nomadic in nature. Uh, apparently when the Babylonians, because so the Babylonians are like attacking in raiding parties at this point. So nomadic people are obviously in a lot of danger. Mm-hmm. Like they're very exposed to raiding parties. So the Rechabites um, escape or find refuge in Jerusalem. So they're living in Jerusalem at this time. And God chooses to use them as a kind of object lesson. So um, what God does is he brings this group of people in. He says, yeah, that's true. Like their ancient ancestors said, don't drink wine, don't build houses, kind of roam around. And that's what they're still doing to this day. So God points to them as like an example of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, these people are doing what their ancestor did. Like, why can't you do what I said? Um, and because of that, God promises them, uh, it's the end of the passage, it's verse 19, Therefore, this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, Jehonadab, son of Rechab, will always have descendants who serve me. So, one, notice that a lot of these judgment passages are hyperbolic in some sense, because there are still righteous people. Um, It can feel like when you read these things that like, wow, there's nobody left. Uh, But the Rechabites were left, and they were righteous people. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically, what was it, verse 4, where it talks about Hanan? Um... It says that uh, 
Igdalia is a man of God. So that's uh, Jeremiah 35, verse 4. Yeah. Uh, there's another person named as a man of God. So there are people who follow God at this time. There's obviously not many, um, but there are some. And second, it's important to realize, um, don't look at this and say, well, here's here here it says, these Rechabites, they don't drink wine. That's what makes people righteous, not drinking wine. <laughs> here are these Rechabites, they don't build houses. That's what makes people righteous. They don't build houses. Mm. No, that's not what's being said. Um, God is actually saying like following him is what makes people righteous. And he's using them as an example of somebody who is faithful to a command of a, of an ancestor. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a cool picture. This is, there's, there's several object lessons in these passages. There's another point where Jeremiah goes down to a potter's house and the potter just like slams the clay and remakes it into what he wants. And God's like, that's what I'm going to do to my people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he uses these Amish people, Rechabites, <laughs> to be an example. Yeah, and it, it really shows a contrast of how much disobedience yeah. that they are living in because they're like, these people, the Rechabites, or however you say it, um, <laughs> they're following their ancestors and being obedient to mm-hmm. them. And he's like, and God's like, you're not being obedient to me. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm your ultimate father, your mm-hmm. heavenly father. And that's just like a drastic contrast to really recognize that. And if that only could pierce their hearts and they can only mm. see that, like. Yeah. Spoiler alert. They yeah. don't. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Like these Rechabites, they apparently were, I don't know that it explicitly says that they are. Well, no, it does. It does actually say they're followers of God. Like it says that the leader yeah. of them was a man of God. Um, so I, I just got to think that in this time of like ex- excess and kind of like ancient consumerism, sort of like mm-hmm. they're just trying to gather up everything they can and own everything they can and take advantage of people. These Rechabites who abstain from drinking and build don't build houses like it, it, it evidently must be easier to follow God if you're not drunk and not like building giant properties for yourselves. Yeah, I think yeah. that probably can't be denied. <laughs> Um, yeah, sure. So their right, their righteousness is not found in those actions, but those actions certainly help them to seek righteousness. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just did a quick search, and I don't think they appear in the Bible again. No so kidding. It's pretty incredible that in the Book of Jeremiah, where hardly anybody is ever following God, yeah, there's this group of people that mm-hmm. is. So yeah, so don't miss that. Yeah. There, there is a little bit of a bright spot of people who are still continuing to honor what the Lord has asked them to do. Yeah, yeah, and also it says at the end of that passage that like God blesses them for their obedience to their ancestors. Yeah. So like in comparison, how much more does God like honor our obedience to Him? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like that's all He wants is our obedient yep. heart. Yep. That's exactly right. Guys, thanks so much for listening today to God's Whole Story, and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. See ya. Jeremiah 16, starting in verse 1. The Lord gave me another message. He said, Do not get married or have children in this place, for this is what the Lord says about the children born here in this city and about their mothers and fathers. They will die from terrible diseases. No one will mourn for them or bury them, and they will lie scattered on the ground like manure. They will die from war and famine, and their bodies will be food for the vultures and wild animals. This is what the Lord says. Do not go to funerals to mourn and show sympathy for these people, for I have removed my protection and peace from them. I have taken away my unfailing love and my mercy. Both the great and the lowly will die in this land. No one will bury them or mourn for them. Their friends will not cut themselves in sorrow or shave their heads in sadness. No one will offer a meal to comfort those who mourn for the dead, not even at the death of a mother or father. No one will send a cup of wine to console them. And do not go to their feasts and parties. Do not eat and drink with them at all. For this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. 
In your own lifetime, before your very eyes, I will put an end to the happy singing and laughter in this land. The joyful voices of bridegrooms and brides will no longer be heard. When you tell the people all these things, they will ask, Why has the Lord decreed such terrible things against us? What have we done to deserve such treatment? What is our sin against the Lord our God? Then you will give them the Lord's reply. It is because your ancestors were unfaithful to me. They worshipped other gods and served them. They abandoned me and did not obey my word. And you are even worse than your ancestors. You stubbornly follow your own evil desires and refuse to listen to me. I will throw you out of this land and send you into a foreign land where you and your ancestors have never been. There you can worship idols day and night, and I will grant you no favors. But the time is coming, says the Lord, when people who are taking an oath will no longer say, as surely as the Lord lives, who rescued the people of Israel from the land of Egypt. Instead, they will say, as surely as the Lord lives, who brought the people of Israel back to their own land from the land of the north and from all the countries to which he had exiled them. For I will bring them back to this land that I have given their ancestors. But now I am sending for many fishermen who will catch them, says the Lord. I am sending for hunters who will hunt them down in the mountains, hills, and caves. I am watching them closely, and I see every sin. They cannot hope to hide from me. I will double their punishment for all their sins, because they have defiled my land with lifeless images of their detestable gods and have filled my territory with their evil deeds. Lord, you are my strength and fortress, my refuge in the day of trouble. Nations from around the world will come to you and say, Our ancestors left us a foolish heritage, for they worshipped worthless idols. Can people make their own gods? These are not real gods at all. The Lord says, Now I will show them my power. Now I will show them my might. At last they will know and understand that I am the Lord. The sin of Judah is inscribed with an iron chisel, engraved with a diamond point on their stony hearts and the corners of their altars. Even their children go to worship at the pagan altars and Asherah poles, beneath every green tree and on every high hill. So I will hand over my holy mountain, along with all your wealth and treasures and pagan shrines, as plunder to your enemies, for sin runs rampant in your land. The wonderful possession I have reserved for you will slip from your hands. I will tell your enemies to take you as captives to a foreign land, for my anger blazes like a fire that will burn forever. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert, with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank, with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things, and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Like a partridge that hatches eggs she has not laid, so are those who will get their wealth by unjust means. At midlife they will lose their riches. In the end they will become poor old fools. But we worship at your throne, eternal, high, and glorious, O Lord, the hope of Israel. All who turn away from you will be disgraced. They will be buried in the dust of the earth, for they have abandoned the Lord, the fountain of living water. O Lord, if you heal me, I will be truly healed. If you save me, I will be truly saved. My praises are for you alone. People scoff at me and say, What is this message from the Lord you talk about? Why don't your predictions come true? Lord, I have not abandoned my job as a shepherd for your people. I have not urged you to send disaster. 
You have heard everything I've said. Lord, don't terrorize me. You alone are my hope in the day of disaster. Bring shame and dismay on all who persecute me, but don't let me experience shame and dismay. Bring a day of terror on them. Yes, bring double destruction on them. This is what the Lord says to me. Go and stand in the gates of Jerusalem, first in the gate where the king goes in and out, and then in each of the other gates. Say to all the people, listen to this message from the Lord, you kings of Judah, and all you people of Judah, and everyone living in Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. Listen to my warning. Stop carrying on your trade at Jerusalem's gates on the Sabbath day. Do not do your work on the Sabbath, but make it a holy day. I gave this command to your ancestors, but they did not listen or obey. They stubbornly refused to pay attention or accept my discipline. But if you obey me, says the Lord, and do not carry on your trade at the gates or work on the Sabbath day, and if you keep it holy, then kings and their officials will go in and out of these gates forever. There will always be a descendant of David sitting on the throne here in Jerusalem. Kings and their officials will always ride in and out among the people of Judah in chariots and on horses, and this city will remain forever. And from all around Jerusalem, from the towns of Judah and Benjamin, from the western foothills and the hill country and the Negev, the people will come for their burnt offerings and sacrifices. They will bring their grain offerings, frankincense, and thanksgiving offerings to the Lord's temple. But if you do not listen to me and refuse to keep my Sabbath holy, and if on the Sabbath day you bring loads of merchandise through the gates of Jerusalem, just as on the other days, then I will set fire to these gates. The fire will spread to the palaces, and no one will be able to put out the roaring flames. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go down to the potter's shop, and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me, and found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped, so he crushed it into a lump of clay and again started over. Then the Lord gave me this message, O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand. If I announce that a certain nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, but then that nation renounces its evil ways, I will not destroy it as I had planned. And if I announce that I will plant and build up a certain nation or kingdom, but then that nation turns to evil and refuses to obey me, I will not bless it as I said I would. Therefore, Jeremiah, go and warn all Judah and Jerusalem. Say to them, this is what the Lord says, I am planning disaster for you instead of good. So turn from your evil ways, each of you, and do what is right. But the people replied, don't waste your breath. We will continue to live as we want, stubbornly following our own evil desires. So this is what the Lord says. Has anyone ever heard such a thing? Even among the pagan nations? My virgin daughter Israel has done something terrible. Does the snow ever disappear from the mountaintops of Lebanon? Do the cold streams flowing out of those distant mountains ever run dry? But my people are not so reliable, for they have deserted me. They burn incense to worthless idols. They have stumbled off the ancient highways and walk in muddy paths. Therefore, their land will become desolate, a monument to their stupidity. All who pass by will be astonished and will shake their heads in amazement. I will scatter my people before their enemies as the east wind scatters the dust. And in all their trouble, I will turn my back on them and refuse to notice their distress. Then the people said, Come on, let's plot a way to stop Jeremiah. We have plenty of priests and wise men and prophets. We don't need him to teach the word and give us advice and prophecies. Let's spread rumors about him and ignore what he says. Lord, hear me and help me. Listen to what my enemies are saying. Should I repay evil for good? They have dug a pit to kill me, though I pleaded for them and tried to protect them from your anger. 
So let their children starve. Let them die by the sword. Let their wives become childless widows. Let their old men die in a plague. And let their young men be killed in a battle. Let screaming be heard from their homes as warriors come suddenly upon them. For they have dug a pit for me and have hidden traps along my path. Lord, you know all about their murderous plots against me. Don't forgive the crimes and blot out their sins. Let them die before you. Deal with them in your anger. Jeremiah 35, starting in verse 1. This is the message the Lord gave Jeremiah when Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, was king of Judah. Go to the settlement where the families of the Rechabites live and invite them to the Lord's temple. Take them into one of the inner rooms and offer them some wine. So I went to see Jazaniah, son of Jeremiah and grandson of Hasbaniah, and all his brothers and sons representing all the Rechabite families. I took them to the temple, and we went into the room assigned to the sons of Hanan, son of Igladiah, a man of God. This room was located next to the one used by the temple officials, directly above the room of Masiah, son of Shalom, the temple gatekeeper. I set cups and jugs of wine before them and invited them to have a drink, but they refused. No, they said, we don't drink wine because our ancestor, Jehonakib, son of Rechab, gave us this command. You and your descendants must never drink wine. And do not build houses or plant crops or vineyards, but always live in tents. If you follow these commands, you will live long, good lives in the land. So we have obeyed him in all these things. We have never had a drink of wine to this day, nor have our wives, our sons, or our daughters. We haven't built houses or owned vineyards or farms or planted crops. We have lived in tents and have fully obeyed all the commands of Jeconanab, our ancestor. But when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attacked this country, we were afraid of the Babylonian and Syrian armies. So we decided to move to Jerusalem. This is why we are here. Then the Lord gave this message to Jeremiah. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Go and say to the people in Judah and Jerusalem, come and learn a lesson about how to obey me. The Rechabites do not drink wine, and to this day, because their ancestor Jehonadab told them not to. But I have spoken to you again and again, and you refuse to obey me. Time after time I sent you prophets who told you, turn from your wicked ways and start doing things right. Stop worshiping other gods so that you might live in peace here in the land I have given you and your ancestors. But you would not listen to me or obey me. The descendants of Jehonadab, son of Rechab, have obeyed their ancestor completely, but you have refused to listen to me. Therefore, this is what the Lord, the God of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Because you refuse to listen or answer when I call, I will send upon Judah and Jerusalem all the disasters I have threatened. Then Jeremiah turned to the Rechabites and said, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. You have obeyed your ancestor Jehonadab in every respect, following all his instructions. Therefore, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Jehonadab, son of Rechab, will always have descendants who serve me. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you 
want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.